0: Hi, I'm magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shape of the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts, and we co-host the Epic Podcast, a monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman! That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internet. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman.
1: State of the Empire is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. And is brought to you in part by Consequence of Sound, the web's foremost source of music and film news, reviews, and insights. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com.
2: Welcome to State of the Empire, Nerdy Show's Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Cap.
3: Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt.
2: And we're back because there's a brand new trailer for The Last Jedi. Now, it's been since July since you've heard from us, and we are terribly sorry about that. Been a busy as all get-out summer. Lots of uh, unexpected things happening, like hurricanes, lots of travel, Uh, but... (laughs) <laughs> we are steadily marching onward towards that December release date. We've got tickets in hand as of tonight, and you're going to hear a lot more from us in the coming weeks. We're going to try to get back to that every other week schedule. Now, this is not going to be a full recap of all the crazy shit that has happened over the past three months. We're just going to talk about episode eight tonight and the both the brand new trailer for The Last Jedi and also the uh, behind the scenes featurette that came out in July, just after our prior episode. So, everything we know about episode eight. If this is your first time joining us, well, uh, have no fear. We're going to do some light analysis, but all of the stuff that you probably don't want to know is going to be safely behind the spoiler proof blast doors, and it'll be very clear when we're going behind those. In the meantime, uh, here's a little recap of the things that have happened since our last episode. D23, where we got a bunch of reveals pertaining to the new Star Wars attractions. Well, Force Friday came and went. Um, much of it was leaked beforehand. That's where all the new Star Wars toys uh, and books and so on tend to come out for the forthcoming movie. And, uh, yeah, a lot of it came out beforehand, and we actually knew most of the information going into it. But... We still gleaned a few things. We we'll, we might talk about a little bit of that today, but not much. Then the uh, the biggest thing of all, Colin Trevorrow was fired from episode nine. There was much rejoicing on our part because Jurassic World is a fat turd, <laughs> but uh, but also it speaks to all of the crazy speculation that we had in our prior episode about Rogue One, where we were uncovering all of the various things we'd heard. In the six months following the film's release, once again asking the question, especially within light of the, uh, the Ron Howard replacing um, Lord Miller on Han Solo, of what the fuck is happening at Lucasfilm? But though that's a hell of a conversation piece, that's not the focus of tonight. We, uh, boy, we've had like 15 minutes tops to process this trailer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe even a little bit less in my case.
2: <laughs> so, hmm, uh, Matt, let's, let's start with you.
3: My first instinct is to to once again regret how much we've been deprived of older Mark Hamill as an actor.
2: Right. Yes.
3: I like in the very little that he that we were given in this trailer. And actually, it was quite a significant part. I shouldn't say it was very little. They did give us quite a bit of Luke in this trailer. It's all great. Like, I I don't know why. Like, I I have to believe that most of it was self-imposed why he wasn't like, you know, in front of the camera so much, you know, in his older days, usually like a cameo appearance and in like a Kevin Smith film or something. You know, like he's great. Well I think there was a real stigma to proved. casting
2: him. From Star Wars onward, and then he he got, you know, regained notoriety again as nerd culture started to seep into mainstream culture in a bigger right. and more profound way. But I think that as to in terms of like casting for big films, uh I'm sure he retreated because He wasn't used to there being any jobs there, but, uh, there, I think the stigma was still very much in place and we'll see what happens after this because you're right. Every second he was on film, there was like an A-class level performance hitting you in the face and it was amazing.
3: Yeah. I think he's going to blow people away in this movie. I I really do. Like, it's funny because I think a lot of people assumed he would be the, um, weakest link might not be the right word but just like that's a that's a large role to have to encapsulate in its older years you know grandmaster luke and you know mark not being the sort of like harrison ford type you know that it might be difficult in his older years to kind of hold that mantle but man it looks like he has nailed it so Mm. I, i have to that was that was the thing that struck me most about the trailer but and that that's still like struck me most out of like a million things that that struck me um that Phasma fight with, with Finn, the one that we probably should have gotten in Force Awakens on Takodana instead of Traitor. Like. Yeah,
2: though the, though I got to say, the suspense now, you know, this is this is going to be some payoff. Yeah, that's I'm tra-
1: still holding out for the Traitor Trooper just to, like, climb out. Like, he'll defeat Phasma, and he'll be like, breathe a sigh of relief, and from the rubble underneath them, Traitor!
2: Did you not see <laughs> what Finn was battling Phasma with? It was the yeah, traitor thing. The,
1: uh, true. I mean well yeah, he
3: could Where do you think he got that? Gun. He got
2: it from Sucker Punching Traitor on the way there.
3: <laughs> that's that that's the, the, the running gag for this trilogy is that he's constantly best thing traitor.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. See, Traitor the
1: Traitor trooper got shot and like was blown up by like the crossbow, I think.
3: Yeah, the uh, bowcaster
1: uh, So the bowcaster. So I'm thinking at the end, you know, uh Finn was like severely damaged and had to undergo enhancements to get better. <laughs> I think his true doppelganger, <laughs> the the traitor, is undergoing those same enhancements and uh if he gets uh you know, cheated out of a proper revenge fight, we might have to see where this goes for the uh the finale.
3: Oh yeah episode he, nine. He's gonna
2: be general fucking grievous by the end of this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: with with hands that are just those stun batons (laughs) and they just spin constantly actually someone should probably cook that up that would be pretty great come at
1: me (laughs) fn2187
2: like
1: how do you fight that you can't fight that
2: he's no jedi i mean between uh the lightsaber slash that finn got and the bowcaster blast i honestly think trader got the worst of it
1: yeah probably you know,
3: a lot of people have been pretty torn up over the course of this. You know, like Ray's got her arm scar that has been on like a lot of the marketing, and and you know, uh, Kylo's you know face scar is pretty prominent. And
2: I like that he was ben wearing weird adhesive bandages now. Like uh, Kylo's got these like stickers on his face.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I imagine, like I wonder like I didn't get a good look at them. I wanted to look at them in freeze frame to see if there's some sort of like if it's just coverings or if it's like some sort of like. Mechanical space filling. I wonder if like he's becoming more machine than man or something. I don't well, know what it is. Is it look
1: if you zoom in real close, they're Mickey Mouse band aids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say they were a first order symbol pattern that you can buy soon at Walgreens, but yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty dope. <laughs> well, well,
1: Matt, you were saying like you you think you think uh, Mark Hamill's gonna blow people away. Meanwhile, I'm watching the trailer. I'm thinking Kylo Ren's about to blow a whole lot of people away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I you know Adam Driver is one of
3: my like like all stars from. Force Awakens like I think he really like showed a lot of people like that he's like really great and I think he's gonna like
1: continue that in this movie well I I didn't even necessarily even mean just his acting but he's literally about to blow somebody away
2: (laughs) yeah I'm I'm curious if they were just uh cutting that scene together for the trailer to look like he was there basically literally hovering with his blasters at Leia's command center or if that's actually a thing that's happening where He's about to kill his mom too, and something stops him from doing it. Well, yeah, they're both are
1: sensitive.
3: I, yeah, I'm sure they might be in some sort of like telepathic communication at that point. Very, you know, cloud city between father and son. Yeah. I I'm curious, like, you know, it's very, you know, a lot of trailers for different movies will do that whole thing where you make a conversation seem like it's happening between two characters and it, and it isn't. That conversation at the end between Kylo and, at least they made it seem between Kylo and Rey, in all likelihood, Rey's probably, might be having that conversation with Luke. But, right. But,
2: uh,
3: you know, I don't know if they would constantly, like, you know, they cut it together to make it look like, you know, Kylo's thinking about distro- killing his mom, and then would they also do that to make it look like she's about to undergo training by
2: Kylo? Like, Well, here's the thing. Um, for a number of the most ballsy sequences in this trailer... We actually have some rumors to add additional context to them, but they're serious enough that those are going to be behind the blast doors. Particularly that last shot with Kylo and Rey. So, do you
1: mean to say that uh, Rey may not be there? And when he's extending his hand to offer training, it's to the Traitor Trooper who's been (laughs) severely damaged in a burning down. Maybe Traitor is also take this fight.
3: To the skies trooper from Rogue One. Oh, if oh, only. Like, that's the take... seeds that connect these movies.
1: No, I th- Snoke is either take this fight to the skies from Rogue <laughs> One, seeing the rise and fall, or he's Ezra. It I, that, that has to be either. There's no other possible explanation.
2: Some folks think it's Shmi Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out here that we see we see Snoke in his golden robes here, but I think this is the first time we've had an opportunity to comment on it. Uh, we we heard the rumors about the gold robes. We talked about the gold robes. We saw a photo of a minifig, but ever since Force Friday, it's been uh, pimp robe Snoke all the time, everywhere, not even hiding it. He's just out there, and apparently, he's force choking Rey.
3: But but not. It looks like force breaking her back. <laughs> like that's a pretty intense. Like. Uh position she's in
2: right like he backhanded her and then freeze framed her while she was flying through the sky
3: i i will say there will not be enough pimp robes snoke until i can actually buy those pimp robes and sandals (laughs) like why aren't they selling that bath set yet
2: (laughs) give it time give it time they got uh they still got plenty of room to sell you those things during the holiday season um Hey, one other thing that happened between our last show and now is the uh Porg sensation swept the globe with the cute and lovable porgs. We uh we knew that there was a small puffin-like creature, but we did not know what they were called and we did not have any idea how heavily they would be marketed. <laughs> They, uh, Disney is going out of their way to get that baby Groot money from the Porgs. Uh, if you go to our Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, just request permission there, I'll add you. Uh, there's some video of Consequence of Sounds, Mike Rothman and I, in Target, <laughs> playing with some Porgs, uh, interrogating them, really. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, boy, I, I, hope, I hope the Porgs are delightful. But it is actually kind of shameless how much they're in everything. I mean, the Chewbacca action figure comes with Porgs. That's how much they're in everything. And allegedly, they actually, in the context of the film, get into everything. There's a a children's storybook where they're kind of like fucking up the wires of the Millennium Falcon. They're just they're they're in there like rats.
3: It is shades of Gungan. <laughs> um,
1: shades of Ewok.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen anything about the Porgs that makes me feel like they're like a worthy addition. At least you could make a weird like yeah, it's probably not a great idea that the empire was taken down by the Ewoks, but at least they contributed something.
1: Um I mean, I guess the it's Gungans also, it's, a, it's a stretch to say the empire was taken down by the Ewoks. It's like No, it's specific, spe-
3: specifically wicked. I mean, he pretty much like <laughs> his bravery led to the destruction of the empire. Let's be <laughs> yeah, yeah, he inspired them.
2: Did you know that baby um, porgs are called porglets?
3: Mm, I don't like that. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. Not that they're going to tell me how they're going to be used in this movie up front, but like, there's very little so far to indicate that like they serve any other purpose besides selling toys. Maybe like the Falcon gets captured in the movie, and the porgs sneak off the ship and sort of like take down the supremacy, just like the Ewoks. You know, <laughs> like they end up being the reason
1: why. The resistance even wins this fight. You know, no, dude. It's like when when the Ewoks and Chewie were in the ATST, and they help in the battle. Now it's Chewie and the Porgs and the in the Falcon. Makes sense. Like poetry, it right
2: You mentioned the supremacy. The supremacy is the name of the First Order's mega star destroyer, and it is. Uh, we we found a size chart at one point. How many how many superstar destroyers is it? Like twelve. Oh gosh, it's huge. It's That's- it's massive. It's fucked it's up, stupid. big. The first order have some people. real problems. Yeah. Snoke has some major, major, major size problems. That's it. Just it seems pretty it's clear. Like,
1: it, it we're going into spaceballs territory where it's like, oh, I had to run. If I walked, the movie would have been over. It's like it's too freaking big. <laughs>
2: I guess, in some ways, it's saying like, hey, so you know how you had you picked some bones with uh the size of, Scar- of Star Killer Base? Well. Everything the First Order does is that big, and their resources are insane, and they must have an absurd workforce, or maybe um, they have some kind of culture where they strip mine and destroy planets, and their entire command center is mobile? I don't know.
3: There's still a lot that needs to be answered as far as the First Order, what they are, where they came from. I don't care how much that Bloodline book set up, because that takes place six years beforehand and i'm reading uh it's it's one of the junior novels join the resistance it's not it's not that thrilling but they mentioned that like the first order not only has been around for years which is fine cuz it takes place a little you know like maybe a year or two before force awakens so that's that fine but mentions that they were at one point part of the new republic so
2: whoa
3: <laughs> yeah i don't know where the disconnect is on like fixing this like weird thing that's going on with like first order history, but like it's not clear. And I don't know if this movie is meant to make it clear because I know that Ryan Johnson had a lot to do with, uh, you know, bloodlines kind of outline, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't understand where they're getting their resources from. Like, are they from the unknown regions? Like, were they part of the Republic? Like, were they a- splinter group i mean i mean leia in bloodline she sets up the resistance as soon as she realizes that there's some sort of like hidden underground uh like movement going on but it doesn't look like it's coming i don't know it's very confusing i'm still holding out for the star forge you keep you keep hoping <laughs> <laughs> i know i'll probably wait forever
2: <laughs> so let's see what else do we get in this new trailer we got um the First Order seemingly on the ground, in the mines, on the Red Planet crate. The Resistance is flying around in what we now know are called the Ski Speeders, which are repurposed B-Wings. Maybe not officially, but they, they say they're like Rebellion-era fighters of some kind. So what else could they be? They look like B-Wings with the shit stripped off of them.
3: See, that's what I've been saying since the beginning.
2: And then we see the Millennium Falcon uh, flying through a big crystalline mineshaft, shaft.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting sequence. I
1: I was not expecting. Give me flashbacks to the old Star Tours.
2: Or in Return of the Jedi, mirroring Star Tours or Star Tours mirroring Jedi um inside the Death Star. Um man, there's that that whole sequence on on crate. I'm wondering, you know, we're, we're getting shown quite a bit of it um and in the behind the scenes thing we got shown a bit more of Canto Bite with these trailers you know they're they're pacing out what we are and aren't allowed to see in terms of figuring out the shape of the film and uh I'm curious you know how much are they really going to spend on on crate but it's it's definitely a huge set piece battle and uh they the, still
3: the poster I mean the you know the, the marketing coloration is based on crate the poster features the battle of crate
2: yeah, and and it still isn't looking all that much different from Hoth, except for maybe something's happening subterranean now, which is a shame because it really, it would be good for it to not be such a blatant comparison to Hoth, and yet here we are. Yeah, but let's double back to to Luke, because a lot of the most disturbing stuff in the trailer was centered around what Luke was saying, what he and Ray were doing, and. Luke basically says, yo, the only time I saw your power before was Kylo, and I didn't fear it then, but I fear it now. I'm not going to train you. There's a part where he's, like, shouting, and he's wet, and I guess maybe relating to that sequence we've seen in some kind of grotto. But the things he's saying are pretty intense, like, more intense than I would suspect from wherever the sequence in Octo would appear in the film.
3: Yeah, this trailer really upended kind of like the outline i'd sort of like had in my head it's like i'm i've gone back and forth on like octo being like you know the first act of the film and now like it's seeming like they had like a significant progression on octo to now like i don't know and and, you know we still haven't seen luke off of octo so could be saving that though you know
2: yeah or maybe an aspect about that would be far too telling right
3: also i mean continuing on luke i mean we got significant flashbacks in this trailer. True, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of Jedi. I mean, his hand popping up from the rubble. It looks like Luke was, you know, left for dead. Like, that, you know, it's it's one thing, like, it, you know, it looks like he was significantly defeated. You know, you could imagine it's one thing, maybe Luke's away, comes back, the temple is in ruins, but this looks like he, he lost.
2: Yeah. And either Kylo let him live or assumed he was dead or something. Um. So, whew. and how much of that are we going to get to see, and in what way are we going to see it? Since flashbacks are still a very new thing for Star Wars.
3: Got to admit, I'm surprised we didn't get any uh, BB hate.
2: Right, they've been uh, pushing BB hate quite a bit. Uh, what's yeah. what's what's BB hate's official designation?
3: I believe it's BB 90
2: That's the the Imperial BB unit, which I guess there's a a sphero of already. Yes. Do we know anything about this droid or why it's being featured so heavily other than for marketing purposes?
3: I think it is Kylo's um ship's Astromech. Okay. Um and it's just, yeah, I mean an instance in which I think it's an okay excuse to sell more toys. I think an evil <laughs> version of BB eight is not only funny, but like I like the design of it and you know for some reason I'm
1: more okay with, with BB eight than I am with uh with the Porgs, thus far. <laughs> Didn't they make a big deal out of The Force Awakens how this was like a unique droid one-of-a-kind? Well, and when they said yes. one-of-a-kind, did they just mean one-of-a-kind paint job? Well,
3: no, because, because BB-8 has a different dome structure, and there are also, in this movie, resistance BB units that are a much more standardized-looking BB unit that isn't, like, colored. Like, I think BB-8 is one-of-a-kind. I think he's, like like a much more individualistic um droid that specifically is posed whereas these resistance bb units are kind of like camouflage colored and they are shaped more like bb8 like they have the the flat dome and i think like uh it will actually showcase that bb8 is actually much more one of a kind
2: the actual um the first appearance of the first order style bb unit was in the first issue of the captain phasma comic mm. it's in uh in one of the ties um presumably not the same unit why would it be um and we have much more to say about the phasma comic but we'll save that for another time um and uh but then also pertaining to this this dialogue of of droids and and how they really personify themselves there was a recent issue of star wars that just focused on r2d2 where it had excerpts from what seemed like the owner's manual for an astromech unit of R2's type, um, and it basically said by showcasing... Well, by saying all the things that the standard manual says and then judging that against what R2-D2 actually like does and how he is, uh, that R2 has been modified so heavily over the years that the... That unit is capable of tons of things that an astromech, an R2 unit, should not be able to do. Was never ever meant to do, and is a complete anomaly. So BB-8 is probably something similar, heavily, heavily, heavily modified.
3: I've never been this flabbergasted by. Like I've always, obviously, been very, very excited about these trailers, and there's some that I think. Like, I don't even think this is necessarily the best put-together one from an editing standpoint. Just the same way I felt about the first Last Jedi trailer. But, like, the content in this one is blowing me away much more than the others.
2: Yeah, it's pretty heavy. I mean, it's, it is it yeah. is pretty goddamn heavy.
3: And it's another weird thing, too. You know, it's... You know, a lot of time the worlds in Star Wars are so well-defined that it's easy to place where things are taking place. But, you know, this one, like... Where is that Phasma Finn fight taking place? Is that on the ship? Are they in the docking bay?
2: Maybe all yeah. the plot threads will come together because we know that Finn and Rose are sneaking in a Canto Bite and doing this huge mission. Meanwhile, Poe's doing whatever's happening on crate. And then you know Ray and Luke got to get together somehow. So if all this if all this circles back to the Supremacy and Finn and Phasma are fighting on the Supremacy and Ray's there being attacked by Snoke and who knows where Luke is and then maybe Poe and Leia are like battling the Supremacy. I'm not sure.
3: It's interesting because if this follows just structurally speaking, because George was very you know big on his very defined story structures, you know like. Phantom Menace and, and A New Hope match up in that, like, the party keeps adding, you know, they keep adding one. It's like a RPG or something, you know, you keep adding a character to the party. Mm-hmm. And Empire Strikes Back and Attack of Clones, where, like, the characters are together and then specifically separate them off so one can go have romance and then bring them together at the end. And it's weird, like, Force Awakens already separated the characters at the end. And... So, you know, there's a good chance that they spend the entire movie like, you know, Finn and Poe never speak to Ray, and, and actually, Poe and Ray have never spoken as far as I know. <laughs> you know, which is a weird thing when you think about it. Because, yeah. you know, you're the three faces of this trilogy and, and two of them haven't really met yet. But um, yeah, there's a good chance that they don't meet up till the very, very end of the film, which is, you know, interesting from a... So it is a little different from Empire Strikes Back in that regard is that they don't have this like we've already done the separation part.
2: Yeah. Bouncing over to the behind the scenes trailer, that was pretty, pretty huge for us because we were seeing the whole thing was basically not only some incredible effects that we couldn't have ever anticipated because there's just amazing creatures left and right from Canto Bite. But also confirming a ton of rumors that we've been talking about for for months now, including a lot of things that um, making Star Wars had had rough sketches of things that they'd been shown that they could only then express via reconstructing it in in illustrations, like the Executioner Troopers, the uh, the ones who have these weird claw like gauntlet things, um, and you know there they are. Um, there were there were stables with some kind of big. Uh, cat-faced creature in there. And we'd heard about um, some kind of chase through the streets of Canto Bite on the back of what is a a sort of racehorse equivalent on that planet. And then, of course, there's the Praetorian Guards, the, uh, the red dudes. Those had been rumored for quite a while, and now they're all over everything, way more than we ever would have guessed.
3: Yeah, they are really pushing those guys.
2: And what we've heard is that they... There wasn't a plan for them, but then they saw the designs and were like, these guys are cool. Let's give them a fight scene. And I guess we should add, they've been pushing them hard, but we haven't really seen any footage footage of them in any kind of real way.
3: Yeah, there's actually quite a few things in this movie. I mean, this was, you know, this trailer is like the last real heavy, heavy push. I mean, you'll see TV spots and stuff, but like, as far as this, I I feel like this usually around now is your last chance to like, oh, we want to market something. Um, and we didn't get in anything, any like Rose, any DJ, any Admiral Holdo, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back's trailers did, you know, kind of, they made mention of like, oh, you know, here's our new heroes, you know, like introducing, you know, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian and, you know, and like, we're not getting anything, we're not getting exposed to any new characters, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, like people should know Rose, but they've had very few opportunities. The most Rose we, we've gotten publicly in any kind of real tangible way has been in an Entertainment Weekly article and then in the behind-the-scenes featurette trailer thing.
3: Yeah, for, for DJ and Holdo, all we got was the Vanity Fair photos.
2: And I think there was a little Holdo in the behind-the-scenes piece. A little bit.
3: Right, right. She was speaking. That's right.
2: But, yeah, not much, not much. There, there's uh, all the new parts of the movie are still under lock and key and cool. I mean, we don't want to know everything going into it. Right. The, this, the half, half the fun of this show is us attempting to figure out everything. But, you know. Well,
3: actually, I'm going to go ahead and actually disagree. Like, you're right, Cap. It's probably better we don't know everything. But I'm just going to say I want to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if, if right now Ryan Johnson offered to send me the script just to read. Like, I would absolutely read that tonight. Like,
2: well, who, who would say no to that? Who would say no? Well, I would say no, no to that
1: surprised I would say no. I don't want to read. I want to see the movie. I don't want to read a fucking script. I want to see a Star Wars movie. Like, Man, I very, want to read the
2: script. I want to see how this is made and then judge what's on the screen.
1: I want to experience the continuation of a Star Wars story through the medium of film. Reading it ahead of time would just be like, it'd be, it'd be like, I don't know. All right, I'm at a loss for comparison because it's like that'd be like looking at blueprints before you build a building. No, that's what you should do. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
1: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we
2: just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash acast and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
3: <laughs> one of one of the prequel books came out, the novelization came out before the film, and I finished it in one night. I want to say it was Attack of the Clones. And I thought to myself, "Wow, this is going to be a significant improvement over *Phantom Menace*," and
1: it wasn't. Not not to not even to mention the script is not the movie. Like, there's no performance or John Williams. You know, there's no there's no effects. It's
3: just we're
2: we're not saying would you rather have one or the other, but yeah, I I, I don't
3: I don't (laughs) think one. Yeah, I don't think I don't think one paints the other, though. Like I feel completely differently about. I, I read uh, Alien Resurrection the script before I saw the movie, and I liked one a lot more than the other. <laughs> and you know, like I don't think it affected.
2: Doug, I I, I admire the purity at which you still go into Star Wars. But ever since we undertook this podcast, half the joy has been separating myself from it in that regard. I think that I like that I'm okay with being exposed to all of it because the mechanics of it are quite fascinating to me.
1: Oh, well, being exposed to spoilers is one thing, but literally reading the entire screenplay <laughs> before the movie comes out would be would be different.
2: I would do it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can we go back to the Canto Bite aliens? They're insane. The animatronics in this movie are crazy. There's these little slug uh-huh. men and they're real. They're real little slug men moving a baccarat table thing. And... And like the little turtle man, the smiling turtle man and the sexy bug lady.
3: I really want a James Bond Star Wars film, like whatever that means, like in spirit, like I think you got a little hint of like the life of luxury in um, some of the prequels, particularly Revenge of the Sith, the opera scene. But you never got to like get into it like you got into like in Moss Eisley and Jabba's Palace where you, the, you got the opposite. You got the scum and villainy side. Like I would like to see the the higher end living, you know, in my mind that takes uh, it seems like a James Bond film but Star Wars wise. I think that would be cool.
2: Maybe you'll get 30 minutes of one.
3: Maybe. Awesome.
2: <laughs> that would be sweet. Uh I guess we should add there's a there's a Canto Byte short story collection coming out December 5th. It's uh four four shorts. I don't know if it's getting printed, but it's definitely going to be digital. It might be like what they did with um well, the book that that was, um, up until very recently, the only Zuvio story.
3: Right. It, it is being printed, because I believe I, I pre-ordered it through Amazon. I assume I was pre-ordering a, an actual book. Um, Yeah, I hope... God, uh, it's kind of such a busy time of year. I hope I have enough time to read that entire thing before the film comes out. So, like, I have some, like... It'd be fun to have some baseline for some of the aliens that are featured.
2: Yeah, what I heard was that Story Group went through the creature shop. It's basically like picking out the ones they thought would probably have the coolest stories. And then, you know, awesome. other people joined in to to write some stuff. Um, let's see. Other highlights from the behind-the-scenes trailer. Ray is fighting, is training for a three-person attack. We see her fighting stunt people. Um, that's I'm going to guess the Praetorian Guards. Maybe one of them's Kylo. I'm not sure.
3: Um, I'm gonna go Praetorian Guards. I'm sure that's their action scene. Um, I I hate that all hope of seeing the Knights of Ren in action in this movie seem to have gone by the wayside.
2: Yeah, who are they? We still don't know. Who are the Knights um, of Ren?
3: I'm I'm leaning more and more every day towards that they were dispatched by Luke during the Jedi attack, and Kylo just managed to overcome Luke at the end.
2: Well, maybe we will see them after all. Maybe they could the be per- hiding
1: them as well, you know.
2: Or the Praetorian Guards are the Knights of Ren, not sure. And I think it's interesting that the parallels that in the new trailer of Snoke and his dialogue and Luke, there's we have two masters here, and these two masters apprentices are intermingling in disturbing ways, potentially. And there's a lot to take in there. There's just a lot, a lot yeah. to take in about what this movie is about in that regard. I'm pretty damn enthused. Now, um, we're gonna do the blast doors real soon, but before we do that, I just want to thank all of you fine folks for listening to the show. Remember, you can subscribe to us if you like us. Uh, you can support us if you like us. For example, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdyshow and by joining up there for even a dollar, you'll get a ton of bonus content, early release episodes, and you'll help keep this show and all the shows on the network alive. You can also shop through our Amazon links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. And everything you buy through those links will give back to us. That means Star Wars merchandise, everybody. So definitely click through either on this episode's page or just those links at that URL to buy the stuff that you want and help give back to us. And if you buy something cool, write into us. StarWars at nerdyshow.com. Let us know what you got. And we'll give you a shout-out on the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes and Podchaser. iTunes is, of course, the original platform for podcasts and it's where all the action is still happening but Podchaser is a brand new platform which we think is going to be the itunes killer it's built for podcast discovery and you can not only rate and review series but you can also rate and review individual episodes and they build charts and you can add in tags so for example if you wanted to find all the shows talking about the last jedi you could type in the last jedi and if shows were appropriately tagged it would all come up lots of user generated stuff and um, a great team of people hoping to change the way that people listen to and, most importantly, discover podcasts because things are pretty messy. And even after being around for over 10 years, it's still not easy to get into podcasts or find something quality. So that being said, a lot of you have left some awesome reviews for us on Podchaser. Thank you very much. But we could certainly use some iTunes reviews as well. So keep the heat on. Podchaser is easy to do iTunes is a pain in the ass. Either way, we're very grateful, and when we see the review, we will read it here. We will be back very soon with all the additional things to talk about in the Star Wars universe, and there are so, so many. It is getting extremely hard to keep track of. There are so many comics coming out a month right now. It's ridiculous. Uh, That's just one facet of the multifaceted media explosion that is Star Wars. But you can always follow the happenings kind of as they're happening on the Star Wars Spoilers Facebook group, which I would highly recommend, though it's called Star Wars Spoilers, so enter at your own risk. And, of course, there is more Willow stuff to talk about, too. Willow. But we'll be saving that for a later episode as we march ever onward toward 2018, Willow's 30th anniversary. We have some surprises in store. But now, let's open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. Back in April, there was a Reddit user called Spy who mentioned some very specific details about The Last Jedi that weren't confirmed until that behind-the-scenes trailer happened. For example, uh, weird hexagonal staples patching up Poe's jacket, which Finn would still be wearing, trenches on a rebel planet with red explosions. Those were just some superficial things, but there were two juicy things that have been further confirmed or elaborated on by this new trailer. A confrontation between Finn and Phasma, which is something that John Boyega also hinted to as well. But during this, Finn is going to cut off Phasma's arm as an act of revenge. And uh, the poster said, this is not the worst that happens to her in episode 8 either. So I thought the act of revenge was interesting. Did she do something new? Does he think she killed somebody, but didn't like they wouldn't introduce Rose just to kill her right? That's ridiculous
3: Mm-mm. yeah no nah, i i I think it's just heightening his like the abusive way that he was raised, I guess mm. well,
1: you guys gotta remember the uh uh the when before the force awakens came out, we were speculating whether or not they introduced Finn just to kill Finn in the end of uh force awakens right. We were like, "Oh, is Finn gonna die at the end of this?" is she is is Ray crying over Finn's body? Yeah, that's Ray, Ray crying over a body.
3: Yeah, and it was his body. We were we, we you know we managed to get that. But I think it's just what revenge for Phasma being a taskmaster for the
1: sort of like screwed up way that he was raised.
2: He is fighting her he, hard. He's fighting her hard.
1: He, he got some pretty good revenge by shoving her down the garbage chute. And then leaving her to die on an exploding planet. <laughs> and then it's the fact that she's still alive, it's like, all right, well, I got nothing really else to prove, so that does make me wonder about Rose and stuff.
2: The other thing they said was Kylo will go to Octo and Luke will blow up a hut out of anger, presumably using the force, after Ray and Kylo have a conversation that he disapproves of.
1: Oh, they're gonna drag a hut all the way to Octo? <laughs>
2: oh thanks for that doug (laughs) like the end of men in black (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean that conversation is if that is actually happening as it plays out in this trailer god i mean we know we know from all the things that we've seen leaked that kylo's going to octo and there's some kind of battle sequence that's happening it looks like there's you know flames happening there uh and seemingly Ray has extensive training. There's all the grotto stuff. We saw this exterior shot of the forest tree that shows it in a, a very different light than we'd seen it before. Kind of like a cracked stump. Yeah. If that is what we're looking at. Um, I'm, I'm still very confused by the outline of this film. And I'm, I'm kind of excited by how much we still don't know for all the things we do know. Um, I just why why would Ray even humor that? But I don't know, you know, maybe she's only humoring it in the moment, and then
1: could be a trick too. But you know, who knows? I just think it it would be interesting if that if 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 that exchange between Kylo Ren and uh, Ray is like not fake for the purposes of a trailer, and they're in a place that's kind of look like it's burning. It would be pretty sweet if the end of the movie is like Kylo Ren invades Octo burns down that tree after she read all those books about, like, oh, the Jedi Order were a bunch of stuck-up jerks, and everything I thought about the Jedi were a lie, you know, and all these other things, and Luke's refusing to train me because he thinks I'm dangerous, and that makes me mad, and he's just like, oh, well, you sound like the perfect candidate, you know, (laughs) kind of accidentally causing her to go to the dark side by rejecting her. I
3: mean, we haven't talked about this in quite a long time, but, Along those lines, this this film has the chance to be like the great prequel redeemer. Yeah, you know, or you know, to kind of like expose the Jedi kind of have a had a screwy philosophy just before falling, and you know all this like fear of of power and and I mean just it's also very nice the old Republic. You know, they kind
1: of had the same you know fear of the first the rep- regard represents Disney, and it's like, come with me, we'll show you the ways. <laughs> no more of these of these political things we'll give you what the people want and ray represents force awakens like just show me the way what do i do
2: something we haven't really talked about much on the show is that we've been seeing a lot of like angry luke and things pointing to stuff about luke like there's a crystal around luke's neck and we are all under the impression that that's his kyber crystal and that in the expanded content of books and so on they've been seeding lots of talk about the process of a sith Bleeding a crystal and what and all the lore surrounding Kyber, pointing towards presumably this film. So there was a hot minute where we were all talking about if Luke finally turns on a saber, is it gonna be red?
1: That's
3: I I still think it's possible. I think that could be one of those like one of the big reveals that they're hiding.
2: Now I'm not so sure, but
3: yeah, after this trailer, I I, I agree with you on that.
2: It seems like he's so he's so fearful uh if he could if he achieved something that grim himself certainly he wouldn't turn his back on Ray. But who knows? Uh, you
1: know, I, you, you both heard me I'm against I've been against the bleeding of the kyber crystal since the beginning. Oh, but, conceptually it's terrible. Yeah, ha, but having Luke ignite a red saber is a very easy and eloquent way to show that internal struggle like to make it like Without saying anything, it's just so dumb. Like <laughs> if it, if it is that, but I don't know. At the same time, it would be like too cool of an opportunity to pass up. I hate how
3: limiting it is to the mythos that like you know you're evil, you're red. red.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that's it's, a bad guy. He's got a know, red like, saber. Maybe
2: they're, they're hiding not... that Luke's gonna ignite a purple saber. <laughs>
1: I don't think so. <laughs> like, should it be a yellow know. saber? If because if it was a green saber before, and you add a little red, shouldn't that make it yellow? So he's halfway there. Well, with the uh, the marketing scheming for this
3: film, it's definitely going to be red if it's any color.
1: But I don't know. God
3: forbid someone should have an aesthetic choice in their lightsaber color.
1: You could say. I mean, you know, with the with the obvious presence of red throughout the entire thing, you know, what the complementary color to red is green. So you know, it would be pretty sweet to see a green saber cutting down some of those red uh, guards. Well, uh, you know, it is. A, it, it is. It is, is a Christmas, Christmas film. Movie.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll go down in like the pantheon of like the all-time great Christmas movies. That well, it's got
2: a forest kind of tree. It's got red and green. Uh, yeah, maybe it has. And, and
1: Ray, Ray loves the color green. She's like, I've never seen so much green. And I've they got the so uh, the, the
2: weird bird nuns that live on Octo. They're like they're like elves and Luke Santa Claus because he has a beard. We did it! We saved Christmas, everybody. <laughs> the
3: wildlife on crate was interesting. Kind of reminded me of the uh, all the wolf uh, imagery that they've been seeding in uh, all the rebels. Yeah, I say propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> all the rebels <laughs> like advertising, which is interesting.
2: No kidding. Like, I mean, th- that weird crystalline ice wolf is crazy. We uh-huh. saw some animatronics for it as well in the behind the scenes trailer, and I'm so impressed with what they're doing.
1: See, is, yeah. it, like, it it looks so well done. And on one hand, I'm like, you know what? I don't want things that look really familiar. Can you give me something that looks really weird and alien? And then I see the bull gullet, and I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'll take the wolf. I'll take the fox.
2: <laughs> we need more ducks. That's what we need. More ducks in Star Wars.
1: I, I actually do need more
3: bull uh, gullet, only because I'm so dissatisfied with them putting that concept into the movie and then not having it matter like they're like oh okay this sort of force cre- force lie detector this force polygraph that uh like drives you insane and then all they had to do was kind of just say like hey you were a cargo pilot and you're just like oh yeah I was the cargo pilot okay at least the novelization like from uh Bodie's perspective it was a really messed up experience yeah it was but- it was
2: done way better in the comics as well
1: and yeah. and why why make it a big? I, we i already brought this up last time, but like why even bring up the fact that it's like oh Bogullet will know and it'll tell it'll reveal the truth, and that Saw Gerrera didn't believe it anyway.
3: Yep, <laughs> I I mean that that's a nice thing with with Saw's paranoia. Also, Saw made a much more captivating character by the novelization in the comic. Well, actually, I don't know about the comic, but the novelization for sure. And then the Jin Young Readers novel, Rebel Rising, which started very slowly and then got very good. I actually think. Man, she is a she's had a horrible life. Like, she's actually a much more compelling character than I gave her credit for in the movie.
2: That's cool. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. She does she deserves that.
3: Yeah, she um I mean, we're behind the glass doors. When she finally like saw abandons her, which is already like traumatic enough that she like grew up with that and it's kind of messed up the things that she's seen and the you know, these aren't just, you know, these aren't Rebel Alliance attacks. These are pretty messed up, you know, partisan, you know, terrorist acts. I mean, you know, not the mince words. And then when after she gets abandoned and she finds herself on kind of an idyllic world living with, like, a nice family, she ends up falling in love with the boy in the family. Like, you know, young love. They're both 16. She loses her virginity. Like, it's very cute. And then the Empire shows up and he dies helping her escape. Like, she's been through some really fucked up times. And I get why she's so, like messed up as far as where her allegiances lie, where one minute she hates the Rebellion and the next minute she's, you know, gung-ho about going to Scarif to help the Rebellion. Like, you know, there's a long time she thinks that her dad is a horrible, like, is a traitor, is is an Imperial sympathizer.
2: Right, yeah. You
3: know, Saul so, so makes her believe that he's, you know, he's not, do- he's doing it by choice. So it's, it's a very interesting book. I would recommend it.
2: Cool. Well, we'll link to that on this episode's page. Um, one one thing from the behind-the-scenes trailer that's worth reflecting on is there's a shot of someone being lowered into what looks like a chasm of weird spheres um, via a wire. And we know that Rose has a sister, Paige, who got an action figure in the Force Friday run. And there's been very little said about her except that we know that she ha she's on screen and they've told us that she dies weirdly um have they? and yeah they have like it's huh. it was i think it was in the EW articles that the 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 mm. page dies she's a gunner and she dies and it's very possible that that's her being lowered into that pit as some kind of like slow motion in a chasm full of explosives kind of thing that's happening
3: like she got knocked into it by like a like the ship got hit and she's falling into
2: it yeah something like that it's a very interesting shot and uh maybe it's just an incidental thing and there's a nobody falling in there but it's also very likely it's page granted i haven't scrutinized that shot against her action figure since it came out so that might blow the whole thing wide open i don't know haha <laughs> like pages corpse <laughs> <laughs> too soon so soon it hasn't even happened yet <laughs> it's quite um, literally too soon <laughs> hey speaking of death carrie fisher is in a lot of this trailer
1: oh nice transition <laughs> oh, <my laughs> horrible
3: uh oh, i feel bad for laughing but that was very good <laughs>
2: Now, uh, what, we, what we know about her in this is we, we heard a bunch of rumors early on that Leia was going to have something terrible happen to her. She was going to be incapacitated, and that's where um, Laura Dern's character, Admiral Holdo, was going to take over. That still could all be true, and maybe the thing that happens to her is Kylo exploding her ship, um, but... John Boyega said in a recent interview, uh, this movie, it sends her off in an amazing, amazing way, and she is still kept alive in the franchise. That's the beauty of it. She lives forever, in a sense. So maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about, and they do have the opportunity to write her out of the the future trilogy, or maybe that's 100% what happens.
3: See, this is one of those one of those instances I would absolutely love. Like, if I could just know one thing, it, I might just ask, like, you know, how they handle this situation because it's so interesting how they could. It actually makes me wish that like Jiang Wen was working on this movie, so he would just blurt it out. <laughs> <laughs> but um Yeah, I, I, I would venture to guess that as much as I love John Boyega, he might not be the best source on like knowing how they decided to like cut the film right with regards to Carrie Fisher
2: yeah I feel like uh, he's out of the loop enough that no matter what script he read they could do fucking anything
1: yeah absolutely
2: now I have one more piece of information and this is the most suspicious fucking rumor (laughs) All right, so we got a lot of details about Star Wars Land, which is now called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, coming to Anaheim and Orlando. There's concept art that shows that there's going to be a very Octo-like force tree, though if the exterior we saw in this trailer is actually the force tree, this one's looking a lot better off than that. And I haven't been able to find a good confirmation of this, but allegedly... You can go into the Force Tree and adults can browse Jedi literature while kids climb on the Force Tree. As guests make their way through this hollowed-out tree, they'll hear the disembodied voices of Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Yoda. Now, if this is true, then people have taken that to actually be a very subtle, accidental leak about the nature of the Force Tree and what we could expect in The Last Jedi.
3: I could see how they could, they could you know reach that conclusion.
2: Yeah, right. So like if if for example new lines are being recorded, then uh, perhaps we would see or hear either or a variety of famous Jedi Force ghosts talking to Luke. That would really make sense given the degree of extreme isolation and meditation he's been undergoing for the past however many years. Um, okay. There's also rumors that we can't verify at all that Frank Oz was spotted in Ireland around the time of the Octo shoot, which people have taken to suggest that there was a Yoda puppet on set.
3: I'm not buying any Yoda appearance in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe a voice, if anything. I I, I can't see... It was so difficult just to get, like, Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley onto that island. They're not going to boat out frank oz you know just to work a puppet like under those conditions i just i don't see that happening right they could they could do plenty of things back in the studio
3: like it, that to get...
2: yeah that itself is a wild stretch but if they are doing any force ghosts at all then having yoda in the film is still not out of the question
3: yeah that, uh, that that's fair and and you know quite frankly you know the current canon is that's what uh obi-wan was doing and actually so was yoda you know, their entire time in isolation as the three of them were constantly chatting it up on Facebook Messenger with each other. (laughs) You know, like, that's cool. You know, I I would totally be into it. I mean, technically all their voices appeared in, uh, well, I guess Qui-Gon didn't, but man, I I wouldn't give for some Liam Neeson voice in this upcoming movie. I would flip my shit. (laughs) Luke just says, who are you? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, see, what we don't know is that Luke and Qui-Gon have had a very heated romance. There's been a lot of, like, they've been making a lot of clay pots And they're very upset that there's this girl showing up to just, you know, to wreck their home. I'm into it. (laughs) So that's all for now. We'll be back very soon with another episode of State of the Empire covering all the crazy shit that we didn't even touch on this episode. Taking us out, we have a track by Boy Meets Robot. It's called It's Not Easy Being Kylo Ren. And this is one of many recent nerd music tracks that you can hear on Nerdy FM the new podcast that we've just launched here on the Nerdy Show Network. Nerdy FM was our streaming music station, but we had to close up the streaming, and now it is a monthly podcast hosted by Mark with a C. So, uh, this is one of the many tracks that Mark plays on our inaugural episode of Nerdy FM, but it's not the only Star Wars track on that show. I feel like it's it's pretty appropriate, given all the moody shit that we've been exposed to from uh, from old Kylo in this new trailer. We will see you next time why do you think you know
0: who i'm supposed to be if you'd look behind this mask you'd see the war inside of me sometimes i can feel the light but i resist the call because if it wasn't for this Now my strength is away. No.